You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. I am Debbie Hedron. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webster. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is... Jalyn Sidlow from Celestial Custom Dog Services. Here to answer your training questions, your behavior questions, and if you have those pet-sitting questions, we're open to that as well. Well, the show is produced by Miss Lexi Lapp. Hi, Lexi. Hi, John. When you call into the show at 844-305-7800, you'll speak with Quinn, and he'll put you on the air with us with your questions or comments. That's 844-305-7800. We have a special guest joining us, Alan J. Hamilton. We're going to be talking about his book, Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses. But once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. I'm Lexi Lapp. And you're listening to Talking Pets. You hold me down in the best way. No quarter from these chains that I slapped on my heart for a feeling. Why can't I let my demons lie? Keep screaming. Alan J. Hamilton, Dr. Hamilton, is a Harvard-trained neurosurgeon, a renowned horse trainer, a developer of equine-assisted learning programs, and the author of Zen Mind, Zen Horse. He is a professor of neurosurgery at the University of Arizona and a medical script consultant for the hit television series and one of my favorites, Grey's Anatomy. He raises Lipizzan horses on his ranch near Tucson, Arizona. We want to welcome onto the program the author of Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses, and Dr. Ellen J. Hamilton. Hey, Dr. Hamilton, how are you? Good, John. Hi, Joanne. Thank you for having me. It's nice to have you on with us. Um, I want to introduce you, of course, to Jilly and uh, also to Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Hey, how you doing? Good. Now, horses, I just have to tell you right off the bat, I've always had a fascination with horses. I, I consider them one of the most gorgeous creatures on this they planet. Are, indeed. I mean, the muscular structure of a horse alone is just breathtaking. They are, uh, well, you know, first it's 40, 45, 50 million years of evolution to get that animal, which really, really started off with from Eohippus, which sort of looks like a rodent. So, you know, you look at this majestic animal, you go, holy smokes. But the, the thing is, in, in that 50 million years ago, not only did these, they get these exquisite frames, but they became the, the ultimate prey animal, and they learned how to live together as a herd and communicate with each other in a very uh, eloquent fashion, but non-verbally. 
and uh, they sort of are um, a glaring contrast to us. We we flourished as predators, as hunters. We hunt in groups. We use language, maps, everything that we can do in terms of language to be very effective hunters. And and then somehow, you know, I think in kind of a cosmic union, uh, they said, let's team up the uber predator of the planet with the uber prey animal and see what they can teach each other. You know, I want to take a step back a little bit to find out a little bit about you, and I'm always fascinated by this because you never know what life is going to bring you the next day. Yeah, um, that's for sure. It is. It's very true. And the thing is, like, you started off way back when as a janitor. Uh, you yeah. ended up going to Harvard <laughs> yeah. Medical School, and here now you've got four professorships at the University of Arizona in neurosurgery, radiation oncology, psychology, I could use one of those, and electrical and computer engineering. Pretty yeah, amazing. So, you know, it, uh, I'm the worst person to invite uh, on career day at high school. When <laughs> kids used to be invited because they'd all go, well, you know, how did you do this? And I go, I don't know. I was careening around like a pinball in a pinball machine. I, I started off as a janitor because I couldn't find work. Um, I got interested when I was cleaning the halls in the, the veterinary hospital. I could look through the window and see them doing surgery, so I started... I guess mopping a little too much right outside the surgery suite. And one of the surgeons took pity on me and said, look, if you get your chores done early, you can come in and help me hold retractors and things like that. And one thing led to another. And then I was, I was off to, uh, to medical school and then, you know, then did a residency and learned brain surgery. Um, but, you know, the, the, the horses were always in my background. My grandfather raised me. He was a, a superb equestrian, rode in the Spanish riding school, and, uh, you know, it was, one, it was our thing. That was what we did as, uh, you know, grandson and grandfather, and we always did something related to horses. And, um, and so it's been this avocation that's run through my life. Um, and, you know, I, I always think of brain surgery sort of the left hemisphere. You know, it's all precision and stainless steel and submillimeter accuracy. And then, you know, I get to go home and just have this wonderful, intuitive, emotional right brain engagement uh, communing uh, with my equine partners. You know, I got to ask you this question. It just kind of when you were just talking about brain surgery and all, is it and not pertaining to horses and all, but more so to your neurosurgery? Um, is it true that the human mind or the human body only uses like ten percent of their brain, or is that myth? No, it's 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 true, and in, in some ways, I mean, uh, we don't. Want, um, Especially when things are going well, okay. Especially when we've learned a task really well, um, we we tend to use much less brain. We have this infinite capacity. So to put it into perspective, the number of connections in your brain and my brain is equal to the number of elemental particles in the entire universe. That's a mind-boggling number. But it is the richness of those connections which provide the richness of our, you know, knowledge and our imagination and our, our emotional lives. And so, to some extent, it really is you can use more than 10% of your brain, but you're dealing with such a vast reservoir of capacity that, um, you know, if, if, you look, if you round it up, every, every cell phone and every computer on the planet, you would only have a fraction of the computing power of the human brain. Each single neuron in the brain can actually function with 10,000 different connections. So it's almost like it's 
its own computer, it's its own laptop. So that just gives you some idea of the capacity. And I think when you start to consider that capacity, you know, you really are staring right at the center of the universe at the same time. You know, but I'm curious. Going, oh. I'm curious too, though. Like, how do you get someone that? Is it the lack of ability, or is it just like if you have one student and they're extremely smart and can answer every question, and then you have another student that puts in the same work but just can't answer those questions? Is it the brain or the lack thereof? <laughs> Or well, is it just a lack extent, of... It's, it's, it's habits, but it's also... We tend to look at testing and people spitting back information as a measure of intelligence, but it really isn't. What matters more is, you know, what uh, Daniel Coleman called emotional intelligence or social intelligence. You know, so, you know, you could be very, very good at math. For example, like, you know, Rain Man, the character played by Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. But you can see he's emotionally disengaged. He's autistic and very disengaged. So one of the things that happens in life is, yes, we have abilities, but we have to marry those abilities to emotional capacity. And that's what tends to make for very, very successful human beings is, you know, intelligence married to emotional depth. And that's really what horses are after. I've got a lot of questions for you on horses and animals and brains and so on and so forth. But don't go away. We're going to be right back. That means means we've got to take a little break. We are speaking with the author. The book is called Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses by Dr. Alan J. Hamilton. We're going to give away a couple of the books. If you'd like to get a copy right now, be the third caller to call in, and it's yours at 844-305-7800. Just talk with Quinn online, and we'll ship the book out to you. Compliments of Dr. Alan Hamilton. Of course, lead with your heart. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. I'm Lexi Lapp. And you're listening to Talking Pets. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic at Dinovite. This year, whenever you order a 90-day supply of Dinovite for your dog, we'll send you a free sample of one of the other doggy things we make. Like Lico Chops, Super Mega Fish Oil, or Doggo Suds Shampoo. What's on your dog's wish list? We'll offer a different freebie each week at Dynavite.com. Don't you just love the sound of healthy, happy dogs? Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're listening to Talkin' Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. I'm Lexi Lapp. We're speaking with Alan Hamilton. He is the author of Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses. It's published by Story. You can find it in um, your bookstores. You can also find it online. By the way, I'm holding it up right now to our uh, Facebook. So we are live on Facebook right now. If you want to watch us, you can go to Talkin' Pets Radio and uh, tune into the program there if you feel like it. And you can watch what we're doing. You can always see us eating our chocolates during the break and so on and so forth. <laughs> but um, you'll see a picture of the book. You can also go to TalkinPets.com, and there's some information about the book in our news section on the homepage as well, Lead With Your Heart. 
But once again, I'm John Patch, and we uh, want to talk with you about your pet questions. And if you have any questions regarding to the book, uh, we f feel free to give us a call. One of America's best doctors, one of the leading intellects of the 21st century, Dr. Hamilton now serves at ex as Executive Director of the Arizona Simulation Technology and Education um, Center. Now, he also was decorated Army officer who served in Operation Desert Storm. And like we said, he also uh, was the medical script consultant for more than 150 episodes of the hit TV series Grey's Anatomy and four seasons with private practice. So we were talking about the brain and so on and so forth, um, Dr. Hamilton, and I wanted to find out a little bit more about another another question I have for you and be, uh, before we get in a little bit more into the questions about the horses in the book and all was when somebody calls you a bird brain, is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, uh, um, it's only insulting if you're not a bird. Uh, so, it, it, you know, again, people will say, you know, horses have, for example, relatively small brains. But what, they're, what they specialize in, just like birds, is they specialize in what's important to them. So they may not have the, the intellectual capacity that we do, but they sure have the emotional capacity and the intuitive capacity to sort of dial in on their human partner and say, you know, very, very accurately, very quickly, are you tuned into what I need? Are you being an honest partner? Can I trust you? Are you more interested in our partnership than in an agenda? And because when you, when you have an agenda, just like with people, I mean, all the lessons in that book are, they're drawn from horses, but they apply to life. And that is, you lose people when you pursue your agenda so strongly that you lose your commitment and your integrity with people. The same thing happens with horses. And they're very intuitive. And I would not really want to match intuition with a horse. You'd lose. Now, in your book, Lead with, uh, Lead with Your Heart, and it is available in bookstores, it's available online, um, you kind of get into it with a predatory evolution of the human species in the state that you think horses may offer an alternate, uh, an alternate take on leadership for the yep. future. What, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we've been very successful predators. We've, uh, you know, as I said before, we're the uber predator, and we sort of do what predators do. We go after what we want. We take what we want. We sort of have this might is right. Um, if, I can, if I can take it from you, if I can defeat you, it's mine. And horses have a very different take. And, you know, they, they, that saying, if you want to be different, you have to see different. Well, seeing the world through the eyes of a, of a herd predator is, is a real awakening because, there, if you're the leader of that um, herd, you have to look out for everybody in the herd. You can't just say, hey, I found enough water for me. I'm, you know, you know, too bad for the rest of you. Or there's plenty of grass for me, but I, I couldn't find any for the rest of you. So herd leaders, typically they're, they're always alpha uh, females. They, they, they sort of go by three or four criteria. One is excellent command and control of the herd. They, the herd has to be able to move like lightning. So uh, the second thing, and uh, the third thing, is really have excellent communication. So if they say to the herd, I haven't checked this situation out, you stand off to the side and let me do it. Okay? And then last is compassion. The herd leader always puts themselves at risk first. Um, so if you think about that, that's a pretty admirable model. And the herd leader is saying, I have to be looking out for the common good if I want to be a successful herd leader. So um, 
so that so that horses offer a very kind of interesting uh, alternative uh, uh, philosophy, if you will, to how to how we could we could live. And you know, frankly, if we start to if we keep going with what we're doing, consuming the planet's resources, and you know, uh, befouling waters and overfishing and the rest of this stuff, you know, you, you can see where that hunter mentality. Um, can really is starting to get us into trouble. We're running out of uh, of the age of the predator, and we really do have to start thinking about the common good, the the welfare of the we, not just the me. You know, it's interesting. You just opened up Pandora's box in my in my <laughs> closet because I can go on for hours on that subject that you just talked about, but. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time, but boy, that I just want to really talk about that. I know. <laughs> but um, what about agendas? Uh, with your book, uh, Lead with Your Heart, Do, yeah. are agendas good or bad? Agendas kill things with uh, in relationships. In other words, it's not that you shouldn't have goals, but um, let's just take something simple. For example, like I want a horse, I want to train my horse to go over a jump. Okay. Well, how badly do I want that horse to go over the jump? Do I want to drive that horse to the point that he's starting to feel uncomfortable, that he doesn't feel like he's got mastery of it? No. I'm going to say, you know what, it's not important if we get to this jump today or a week from now or two weeks from now. I've got the rest of my life with you. So what I want to make sure is that every step of the way I've made you comfortable, that you can succeed at this task. And I have to be able to let go of that agenda. You know, and I was, I, I'm always reminded, horses always make me feel like a bad parent because they always are teaching me these things. I go, boy, I wish I'd understood that earlier. It's like when I used to listen to my kids talk when they were teenagers, and I was just sort of waiting for them to take a breath so I could tell them what the right thing to do was, you know, and it was like I had this agenda, and I wasn't really listening to them at all. And the horse teaches you and says, forget the agenda. Be an active listener. Really try and listen to what they're trying to tell you, but stop thinking about what you want to say. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very good template, which is the, the goal should never overwhelm the relationship. Relationships about long-term partnership. Well, once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. If you've got a question for Dr. Hamilton, give us a call at 844-305-7800. Uh, congratulations to Shirley out there in Portland, Oregon, and Allison in Lacey, Washington. They're getting a copy of the book, and so they both love the show. So thank you very much. That means a lot. So uh, 844-305-7800 is the number. The book is called Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses by Dr. Alan J. Hamilton. The book is a lot more than about horses. It does deal with spirituality. It also deals with philosophy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that a little further with Dr. Hamilton when we come back. But once again, you can check us out on Facebook Live at Talkin' Pets Radio, so check us out now if you want. And uh, you can even make comments or questions there if you wish as well. So the number is 844-305-7800. I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. I'm Lexi Lapp. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, 
front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Jalyn Sidlow. I'm Lexi Lapp. We're speaking with Dr. Alan Hamilton. He's the author of Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses. Hey there. Um, I wanted to ask you about the um, the painting that is in the first couple of pages, um, right where uh, the introduction is for Walking Between Worlds. Um, that is a beautiful, it, it looks like it might have been some kind of ink. Yeah, um, painting it, with the horses—it's it's, it's absolutely it's spectacular. Stunning. They put some beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, paintings in there, and uh, I was amazed at the at the artwork. Um, as you'll see, it's it's not just a, a, you know, what I hope is a good book to to read, but just some wonderful, wonderful. Uh, uh, Robert Farkas is the name of the of the um, illustrator, and. Uh, he just makes these sort of metaphysical pictures of horses that just uh, are awesome. It's gorgeous. Actually, speaking of pictures on page 53 of the book, that's fascinating. Um, it's it's like the picture of um, a, a woman, kind of, um, but there's clouds and earth within the picture of the frame of her, and then there's a horse with what it looks like is a wolf. A wolf. Mm-hmm. Yep. So sort of, you know, the well, that, that's the, the, the illustration for... Um, agendas, uh, hurting relationships, and it sort of deals with the you know the idea of uh, a predator who goes after their agenda no matter what, and the horse, which is really asking you to put that agenda aside and, and work on the partnership. It's gorgeous. I mean, between you know well, the artwork you. in here and then the writings, it's it's just a wonderful book, and it's one of those books where you can pick up and you don't have to read the whole thing because there's stories, um, short stories. So I, I love stuff like that too. I like to call it the bathroom book. <laughs> 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 but um <laughs> anyway so ultimately we to, practical is what we yeah. <laughs> there you go when we went out to the break we were talking about philosophy and spirituality as i've gotten older in my life and for many other reasons um of my own um i've turned a lot more towards spirituality more than anything and you deal with this in the book don't you 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm like you. I think as we get a little bit closer and understand our mortality, we start to see that there's, uh, there's more to life um, than the material stuff. And I think with horses, because they're, they're sort of, uh, uh, you know, I, I always tell students, horses are about a thousand times more sensitive to energy around them than we are. So they're great teachers about being mindful, about sort of saying, hey, what you put out there, reverberates it it has an effect and it's the wonderful thing i think about working with horses is they they always bring the problem when you when you when you run into an obstacle with a horse when you're training the horse eventually you realize you're the obstacle the horse will bring you to the point where you go i'm blocking on this i've got to fix this so that that horse can move forward um and so they teach you to be to be very mindful of um you know not confusing for example energy and emotion. You don't want to confuse uh, a horse by, you know, you say, you won't, let's say you want the horse to move faster and they're not picking up their, their gait right away. Well, you know, you don't want to get mad at the horse. You just want to put a little bit more energy in there. And because the horse is going to go, why are you mad at me? I just didn't understand the signal. And so the horse teaches you to say, hey, I got to be mindful of when I'm putting emotion into something uh, versus when I just want to put energy into something. So they, they really are wonderful teachers. I always tell students, when you look out at a herd of horses, just be thinking, look, there's a bunch of sensei out there, you know, and they're just going, <laughs> when you get in the round pen, they go, ah, so you think you're ready, grasshopper. Uh, you know, we shall see. <laughs> Come into my round pen, you know, and, uh, and they're, so they're, they're wonderful teachers in that regard. I have to say one, one thing. When we, when we went out to break, we were talking about you off, off air and how fascinating you are. <laughs> <laughs> like you you talk on a level for such an intelligent man and a doctor and all. You talk on a level that's extremely understandable. Um, so I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, the um, other thing I wanted to ask you, too, is like you do get into a couple, many, many, many things with the book. But there's one part where you talk about letting go and when, when you know to, how to let go or yeah. if you should let go. What's that, yeah. what's that section about? Well, there's a couple of couple of cases where that's that's the uh, you you have to learn how to do that. One is um, if you see yourself creeping up, and uh, and what I call you're not you're not sort of maintaining an impeccable attitude about the the training. And that is, you start to want something out of it. You got to say, hey, I'm going to let go. Um, the example I gave for uh, is, you know, I don't care if my horse gets over the jump today. Uh, when I do care, it won't. It's when I let go and I go, I don't care. I got a relationship with this horse. We'll work through it. And all of a sudden, that just starts to pick the whole horse up, their frame. Um, you know, they just get a lot of impulsion and woof, right over the mm -hmm. jump they go. And you go, how did I do that? And you go, you did it by letting go. Yep. I relate to that. As yeah. I was a barrel racer um, half my life. <laughs> and that that horse, he, he did all the work. I was just there for the ride. <laughs> And, and, and you know that yep. the more you try to want that that barrel run, the more you get in the way of that horse, the less the run's going to work and the less exactly. you, the worse your time's going to be. Yep. It's when that horse, when you finally say, i got to let go, i got to let go. I'll give you a, a, a really concrete example. It's a true story. I was up in the Rincon Mountains, which is right yeah, east of Tucson, and uh, it, we were on the, on the far side, and the, which is called Happy Valley. And we came up over the top, and the next thing you know, there's this huge storm coming up the other side. And we can't see anything. And we're in the rocks, and we've got, you know, 
quite a long ways to get down this mountain. I'm going, I don't know. I can't get down. I can't see. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm on the trail. And I just kept hearing this voice, which is, just let go, just let go. And I go, what does that mean? I can't let go here in the middle of the mountains. But then I keep hearing it, just let go, just let go. I finally, I just nodded my reins, and I held on to the horn. And, you know, an hour and a half later, my horse, my, my quarter horse named Sonny, I hear clump, 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 and I realize we're on the bridge right next to the parking lot at the trailhead. And the whole thing was just letting go and let and trusting that horse and his ability to get us down off that mountain. And, um, you know, just not interfering, just saying, okay, I'm not, in, I'm not necessarily in control, but this horse has unique capabilities that I don't even understand. I just have to trust him. You know, th- throughout my life, actually, working in broadcasting and just my career and, you know, personal life and relationships and so on and so forth, I've always come across people that are liars. Um, do you find, and you do talk about this in your book, the human beings and lies versus, like, horses. Do horses lie? No. No. <laughs> no not at all. In fact, it's one of the things, like, when I'm working with kids out of the juvenile justice system, I can say to them, look, I'm going to tell you one thing about this horse. This horse will never deceive you. This horse will never want try and be your friend so he can get close enough to knock your block off. He's going to give you exactly what you put into the relationship. The problem for human beings is we lie to each other all the time. We lie to ourselves. And the horse is this refreshing moment where the horse goes, look, I see right through you. I know what you're feeling emotionally, okay? So you don't have to pretend. You can do that for everybody else, but you don't have to pretend for me because I'm registering what you're putting out there emotionally. So, so, for example, when people are really scared of horses, and I've worked with some people really phobic about horses, I go, great. And they go, why? And I go, because you're going to be very honest with that horse about what's tolerable for you. Okay, so, you know, I'll say, well, can we stand 30 feet away from the horse? Yeah, good. Okay, that's honest. All I need is, all I want you to do is promise me you'll tell me whenever you feel the slightest bit of discomfort, because that horse will sense it. And so there's this wonderful sense of liberation of, oh my God, how wonderful is life when I don't have to lie? You know, when I can just just say, the horse just goes, just be yourself, because that's the only thing that's going to work anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't understand the sense of, of of the word lie because it's like eventually it's going to come out into truth and then you're going to look like an idiot. So, I mean, you might as well it's, just it's, be up and I don't think it's just at, at honesty. I think it's that we don't even understand half the time when we're lying to ourselves. We can't quite tell. You know, we, we, you know you, you, you're almost like duping yourself. So you're like participating. There's a wonderful game you can play on horses, which is, uh, you, know, to, you know, to tell the truth. And what you do is... You put somebody up on a horse bareback, and you just ask them questions, and they can tell the truth or they can lie. You know, I wouldn't get too serious about this, but, you know, just say, you know, have you ever stolen anything? And they go, uh, no. And then you can see by the horse's reaction whether or not they're telling the truth, because they tighten up, and the horse changes his whole, yep. his whole body. I mean, you know, horses are... test. Yeah, you, you know... When you're going down the trail, you know, and I'm going down the trail and I look to the left and I see a mule deer, the horse goes, okay, he was looking at the mule deer. If I go down the trail and I want to go off to the left, I look to the left and the horse goes, oh, he wants to go there. And I go, how do you know the difference? How do you know the difference? I was just looking at the mule deer versus, oh, he's looking at the left now and he wants to go there. I have no idea how he does it. 
but Hold I know that. that he can do it. Hold on to that thought, Dr. Hamilton. We're going to come right back with you. We're going to okay. take a little break. Lead with your heart. Lessons from a Life with Horses by Story Publishing. Alan J. Hamilton is the author. This is Talking Pets. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from PetLifeRadio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLifeRadio. PetLifeRadio.com. Flesh and blood This wrapped around my bones It moves beneath me Like a river Into the great Unknown I stepped onto The moving stage Before I could tie my shoes Pride I hopped out the fingers Of a renegade Who lived and died The blues And his promise made Was never clear and you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Jalen Sidlow. I'm Lexi Lapp. We have one more book to give away. So for the number three caller that calls in right now, Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses by Dr. Alan J. Hamilton. It's put up by Story Publishing. The book is yours. Give us a call at 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. Call right now and the book is yours. Lead With Your Heart. Um, as we come to the end here, uh, Dr. Hamilton, I wanted to ask you, there was a video or something put out that you talked about a breathing exercise, which I uh, did a little reading on it. I didn't see the video, actually, but where you're able to control your own breathing, which in turn controlled the horse's breathing? Right. It's, it's one of the things that it's really important for a uh, horse makes you very mindful about how when you hold your breath, you get tense. And the horse's his reward is really... A peace. It's really release. You know, a horse is looking for, you know, a, a field with a couple of his buddies around, and as far as the eye can see, there's no threat. It's not like a, you know, they want, they want, you know, you're not going to get a horse to go over a big jump by going, 
here's four carrots. Now, now get over this. It isn't how it works. It's it's the horse says, oh, I did it, and now there's this release and reward at the end. So, um, you know, it's 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 really important to use your breath to release because the horse is reading your energy and you want to say, hey, that was great, good job. So I always go, you know, pause, pet, breathe. That's my mantra, pause, pet, breathe. Let the horse know they did a good job for you and you want to reward them and say, hey, Thank you for doing that. You did it well, and and I appreciate your trying for me. Um, And I think, you know, there's a lesson there for all of us, which is I think sometimes we forget how important affection is, you know, in the workplace, with our families, um, you know, with our friends. Um, And so, you know, one of the things you see with a horse over and over again is horses want to try when they they know that they have your affection. You know, I have a saying in my barn which says... uh, um, ask for a lot, settle for less, and reward frequently. Nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> now, your book here, Lead With Your Heart. Um, my final question to you is that throughout this book, which is fascinating, you have many lessons in it. What would you pick to be, in your mind, the best lesson out of the book? You know, I, I think it, it depends on who's reading it. For me, for me, the big the big lesson was when I look out at the world and I see I see problems and I think things aren't going smoothly or I see obstacles, they um, they're always from me. They're always ultimately my creation and my problem. And when I am willing to confront that, then I can resolve them. And that's really something that horses drove home for me. It's not something that I I made up. It's something that they taught me. Fascinating book. Mm-hmm. Fascinating conversation as well. Uh, Lead with your heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses by Dr. Alan J. Hamilton. Uh, You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online. We have a book to give away at 844-305-7800. Colin, it's yours. Dr. Hamilton, thanks so much for spending time with us, and uh, thanks for this book. It's a fasc- I know, it's fascinating, fascinating book. Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. Well, it was a pleasure. Well, thanks for a lovely afternoon. Jillian, Lexi, John, thanks so much. Thanks so much. All right. That's Dr. Alan J. Hamilton. The book, of course, you're going to want to go out and get it. It is available in bookstores. It's available online. And again, it's called Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses. And there was a lot of lessons that he taught us through this conversation. Absolutely. Related to horses, of course, mm-hmm. which even makes it even more fascinating that how much we can learn from animals and how much we can learn from the majestic horse, which is absolutely gorgeous to begin with. But like I said, we do have one more book to give away. And for the person that calls right now and speaks with Quinn, it's yours. 844-305-7800. If you're watching us on Facebook Live right now, I'm holding the book up to the camera so you can see what it looks like. You can also go to TalkinPets.com, our website. No G in the talking, And uh, check it out there. But the book is yours. So I recommend that you call because these are some fascinating reads. And like Absolutely. I said, perfect for the throne, if you know <laughs> what I mean. So well, I spent my entire childhood with my on horse the being my best friend. <laughs> I mean, we're together every day. They're and, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, they look at you like they're reading your mind. Yeah, my horse and my dog. And when I ha- ever had a problem, I was out in that stable talking it out with Buddy. He, you know, and it was he. He felt my my sadness, and he always made me happy. It was wonderful. Gorgeous creatures. Mm-hmm. I used to ride horses. I loved it. It was really great. And my mom and dad almost got me a horse for one of my birthdays, but... I've always wanted horses. That was my, my fantasy, is to have a ranch house with horses. Well, they almost got me one, but then it was like I was training. I did. I rode English, which is just the 
type of saddle. And um, I did English riding, and I practiced and practiced and practiced to go into competitions, and I just was never good enough. And so <laughs> I... You weren't using the over 10% of your brain. <laughs> I guess not. And so I just... I never ended up going... I never ended up getting into competitions, so I ended up dropping off because I really wanted to be in competitions. And, like, every time I was like, I think I'm ready. I know I'm ready. Like, let me just go and fail so that I want to work harder. And she just wouldn't put me in a competition, so I just ended up not doing it anymore and so then my parents never got me a horse i love horses i love horses i love riding them but my bony butt didn't so like you know the next yeah. day it was like oh, i can't walk saddle butt <laughs> yeah. there was um i was watching a scene one of my favorite shows on television is mom and um the girl that stars in mom actually uh anna faris her husband which is chris pratt mm-hmm. you know him from a lot of the action films uh, was co-starring on it this week. Mm-hmm, I saw that. Did, did you see? I did not see. I saw it on E on ET. Well, he was a horseman, so <laughs> they went horseback riding, and it was hysterical because there he is, so smooth on the horse, breathing with the horse, like Doctor <laughs> Hamilton said. And here she is, up and down, up and down, and she's being, like being rough on the horse, riding the horse. It was hysterical. That's hilarious. So, and he was just like, ride the horse, just breathe, just you know. Yep. But move with it. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what he said. You move with it. And that's exactly what he said, actually. Well, I only use a saddle in the, the rodeos. I always rode bareback. Well, spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. If you're looking to adopt a pet, go to your local animal shelter or your rescue group and get one there. From myself, John Patch. And Jalen Sidlow. Lexi Lap. Thanks for joining us in this hour of Talking Pets. Don't forget the book, Lead With Your Heart, Lessons from a Life with Horses. And check out our sponsors, please, on our website at TalkingPets.com. Nutrix, great product for your older dogs and cats. And, of course, SCOE 10X will take out any odors in your house. Doesn't matter what they are. It will remove them, guaranteed. Once again, thanks for joining us in this hour. Talk to you again very soon. And bye for now. Bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.